0: All right, welcome back for ETS Podcast Season 2. Super excited to start this off with uh, our guy, Ryan Carter, a uh, hockey legend, but not only a hockey player, and also he is an athlete. And uh, we will explain that coming up. I'm Adam Thielen with my trainer and business partner, Ryan Engelbert, and you are listening to the ETS Podcast, fueled by Caribou Coffee and Overeasy Breakfast Bars. ETS is the place to train for all athletes, all abilities, ages eight through the professional level. Let's go! All right, here we go. Uh, again, super excited to have Ryan Carter here. Uh, you know, someone that Ryan and I have known for a long time, and and uh, excited for the ETS family to to really understand who he is and and why he's here and and why he's a part of ETS. So uh, to start off. Uh, who are you? What what? Uh, uh, what's your background? Uh, where are you from? And uh, just give us a little bit uh, uh, a background, a backstory of who you are. No, first of all, uh, yeah, that tease at the
1: Open was pretty good. Hockey legend. Um, I would say maybe in my own four walls or my own o- my own head, I'd be a hockey legend. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure a lot of the listeners here uh, won't know who I am. But uh, a hockey player, just Minnesota, uh, grew up, n- nothing special, just loved playing, played hard, um, had a chance to play. Um, and make a living at it. Um, super grateful for all of that. But uh, again, that's where our, our kind of worlds collided. You know, it was towards the end of my playing career where um, I was kind of beat up, tired, didn't want to train anymore. And I, I actually, when I was playing and growing up, I enjoyed the grind of working out of, uh, in that mental edge of, you know, if you put more into the weight room or to your body than the other guy, like that gave you a competitive advantage. I liked that. And I always like wanted to leave the gym being the guy that was like, okay, he's the standard, right? Like, okay, then I've got the edge on everybody. And that was like a mental piece that I kind of always needed. So I always loved it. But it got to a point where I was like later in my career and uh, I was playing in the NHL and it's like, man, this is, this is everything you work for. But I'm kind of bored. You know i don't want to do it anymore um and that's when uh i pop into ets and i tell the story all the time it's just a, a dumpy old building over here in, in oakdale and <laughs> you know i, I remember i pull up and there's tractor tires out there and i rub my forehead. i was like god I don't, I don't really want to flip tires today um no but uh it was uh, it, it taught me like, again: don't judge a book by its cover. Um, there was a lot there, and um, it it bought me more time doing what I love the most, and that was that was playing hockey. So um, ultimately, I think that's why I'm here today, uh, all in on that.
0: So so take me back a little bit further. So um, middle school, high school, what sports did you play? What what um, what gave you that drive to like, hey, I want to get better in the weight room. I want to I want to out you know, work this guy so that I can go to the next level. What, what were the sports you played growing up? That's a good
1: question. So I don't think that, um, I, I don't know the, the listener base of the podcast here, but uh, this is going to be foreign to them. Um, I was a multi-sport athlete, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't specialize at 12, um, or even younger. Uh, I, I just I just played all of them, and I was a neighborhood kid and a neighborhood athlete. It depended whatever the season was. That's what we were playing. Um, uh, if the grass was green, we were playing. You know, we're playing baseball, um, soccer. Football, like you name it, we did it. We had a rink out back. That's ultimately how I became a hockey player. Is we had the rink in the yard, and we played, and we loved it. But um, I would say competitively, I played uh, football. Uh, I played baseball. Had to give that up eventually. Hockey was my number one sport. I ran track. Um, I tried soccer once. Uh, I got. I actually think I got. Uh, I got booted from the league. It was a third grade league because I was. I would slide tackle all the time. It was illegal. <laughs> But I was playing on the video game at home. I was like, no. Like to the refs, I'd be like, you can slide tackle. I do it at home. It's totally fine. I do it on FIFA all the yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. And they're like, this isn't FIFA. Uh, I was like, and they're hollering. I was like, I get the ball first every time, I promise. Um, so boom,
2: I got the boot from the league.
1: That's when. That's how I started playing football.
2: So you mentioned multi-sport athlete, which obviously, believe it or not, we're actually pretty big components of that around here. Okay. We want kids playing multiple sports. Right, And I do have to back up a little bit. Just so our listeners know, we have, I mean, billions at this point um we have doors into our facilities we have windows we have a paint scheme like you know ryan just made it sound like we were a <laughs> hole in the ground place with tractor tires floating we actually do have it put together <laughs> you have to start somewhere Yeah, we, right? we did have to start somewhere and and i have to tell you too when, when ryan started training with us um you know i you know we trained a few other nhl guys at the time and then i can get catch wind that ryan carter is going to come train i do a quick little google research on him you know and he's like the enforcer Like this guy is the enforcer for the, I mean, this, I mean, those of you that don't follow hockey a whole lot, the enforcer is the guy that picks the fights, gets in the fights, usually wins the fights, Ryan. Ah, that's debatable. You know, so I was a little intimidated. So we (laughs) had to make sure that we eased him in because I didn't, if I went home with a black eye, you know,
0: I don't think Heidi would have thought too kindly of that. Well, things must have went decently for him because he has all his teeth. <laughs> he does. Well, well uh, the nose is a little... The nose is a little <laughs> crooked.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say this. All the teeth in my mouth are mine. It's just, um, yeah, they're not all natural, and I didn't pay for all of them, but I do own them all now. The front four were knocked out. So, um, And actually, that's a, that's a long story, but I had them for nine... I played in the NHL 10 years. I had them for nine years. I was so stoked. And then the last year, boom, all gone. All in a week, seven and, and days. And from a puck? Yeah, actually... Yeah. Three pucks to the mouth. Oh, uh, wow. Over a course of seven days. And those are coming in at, what, 80, 90 miles an hour? Uh, well, yeah, probably a couple of them were, yeah. Oh, man. One a puck ramped up my stick right in the mouth, another one off the post right in my can mouth. Can you
2: believe football guys wear helmets, like face masks and stuff? So no, that's okay. I can't. How soft are they? So soft. No, I've always said
1: this, though. <laughs> like, if they want to get rid of the targeting, take the mask off, people won't lead with their head, I promise. Right.
2: <laughs> so back to multi-sport, you know, we can, we'll have some more of those stories, I'm sure, in a bit. When did you um, specialize or didn't you not ever specialize through high school? Because I would think, you know, you went and played high level college in the NHL. At some point you had to specialize or or was that not the case?
1: Yeah, so I had to specialize. I would say my final two sports were... Um, I mean I ran track to be to get faster to be better. I wasn't like I want to I want to run track in college. Right. No, no. Track stunk. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but it's uh, but I I mean I did it. Um We so do was, have a lot of track coach cr- coaches that
2: listen to our podcast, but just disregard that part. <laughs>
0: well, well He's you got thrown us let, under the bus a little bit. Yeah, crappy right.
2: facility. <laughs> No, so here's... <laughs> losing all of our track
0: athletes, yeah. son
2: of a... Okay, anyway. So
1: here's what happened in, in track. We were, I had to, I ran the one in the 200, I was a sprinter, Um, and we're at a meet, and we go to hand the baton off to the third leg of the 4 by 2 and he's not there. So we hand it to nobody, DQ'd, coach is losing his mind. <laughs> so we look around, where is he? He's. He's, he's uh, wheeling and dealing from on one of the girls from the other school oh. on the high jump mat. <laughs> so for punishment, the coach makes us run the the four by four or the open 400, which was the last race of the meet. So we had to stick around the whole time till the end and clean up the, all the track stuff. Um, so I was like, I don't know how to run this race. They're just like, just run as fast as you can, as far as you can. Um, I did that Oh. and I won by like a mile and I was sitting on the infield of the football field. Now, like my body was in so much pain. Um, but there, it was like one of those moments where the coaches were all standing over me with like the watch, like going like this. <laughs> and then from that point on, uh, they wouldn't let me run anything but the 400. So I ran three 400s <laughs> every single meet. It was the open four, Which the four by four. Which is the worst race. Yeah. So eventually I was like, the, my senior year, I was like, hey, I just want to, just let me jump. Just let me jump one because you can only do three events. Um, and they're like, no, you're running the four. So that's why track was painful for me. I ran three 400s every meet. But yeah. aside from that, yeah. So when did I specialize? Um, <laughs> football. It was football and hockey, and the football coach wouldn't let me play hockey during football season. Um, and I will say, hockey was it was it was a close one to Football, hockey, which one I loved more, but but it came down to hockey. Um, I still am pretty upset internally with that coach for making me have to make that choice. Right? I wish he could have just been like, yeah, "That's okay," you know. But um, so that was senior year of high school. Uh, And then eventually, because I made that decision, I made other decisions to move. And then I went
2: to Green Bay to play junior and um, then off to college. So was it tough turning down a lot of those Division One football scholarship offers that you had? Because I know you said like all over the Big Ten. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the the SEC ones were the hardest probably. Like I wanted, I wanted to play football in like down south and stuff. That would have been fun, but no, I, ultimately I chose a freezing cold rank.
2: Yeah, was Saban <laughs> at Alabama when he when they offered you? Yeah,
1: yeah, he was.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> he flew up to Minnesota watch you yeah. watch you play hockey. Yeah, no. We're going to take a very quick break here to not only thank our sponsor Caribou Coffee, but also make a few cups of coffee to fuel us for the rest of this episode. Download the Caribou Perks app today in the
0: App Store and order ahead to have your coffee waiting for you. So, so obviously, you went to the best college, and you know, in the world, yeah. yeah, Harvard of the West, yeah, of course. Uh, but tell us a little bit. We have a lot of athletes, obviously, that want to play at the next level. Tell us a little bit about the recruiting process. You know, everybody's story is completely different. Uh, hockey is a lot different just with juniors and things like that. Tell us a little bit about your re- recruiting process and how you ended up at Mankato.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if any, if you guys can tell by the first couple minutes of this, I'm not like the brightest bulb on the tree. So I didn't know that I was really like good or, I mean, I was just like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just try to play. Um, so, Getting recruited, I would have all these letters. I'd be just be like, whatever, who sends letters?
0: Just throw them away. <laughs> letters. You know, I didn't have it. <laughs> you were like, yeah. a, you were before your time. Like, you were like, can't you just Instagram me? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Um, so I didn't, I didn't like buy into any of that stuff. You know, I played junior, and, and then when I got to junior, it was like, okay, you look in on the stat sheet, it was like person, size, and then school that they committed to. Um, and then I saw like the blank spot next to mine. I was like, dude, that's kind of messed up all right, I, I got to work for this. Um, and then the process for me was pretty simple. Um, I wanted to play in the WCHA that was around Minnesota. Ultimately, I wanted to play for the golfers. Um, and uh, that uh, it didn't materialize, but uh, Mankato, who was in the WCHA, called and they're like, come for a visit. I said, all right, um, made my way there. That's another funny story. We'll save that for season two. Uh, <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, went down there and they're like, yeah, man, we love you. Um, we, we want you to play here. Um, you know, we'll, we, we'll offer you this and let us know. Um, they wanted to know in a week and it was like two days. I was like, yeah, hey, my dad, this is what I did this weekend. I think I'm going to go there they're like, oh, good for you. Cool.
2: And and Mankato, has Mankato always been division one for hockey? For not, long not always. Was but it back then? yeah okay. yes
1: yeah um i I don't know when they switched exactly, but um there used to be Division two hockey too and now right. that doesn't even exist um so there's odd, yeah, so there was division two and that switched I don't know the exact time frame, but they've been division one for or probably since at least two thousand,
2: so it goes from division one to division three correct is is there a obviously overall there's probably a, a large gap, but you know I know from a, like a football perspective right like you've got division three kids that maybe just from small schools they don't really get recruited that could play D1? Is hockey kind of the same way? Like, Do some of those kids get overlooked and they end up going D3?
1: Yeah, so what I would say is that's what the junior league kind of does. Okay. Um, you go and you play junior post like so 18 to 20 if you want to yep. and and that's where you go. So there's no red shirt year in, sure. for hockey. It's just that you go play junior hockey and um, I think that's kind of where you separate yourself and a lot of people don't really miss opportunity. If you're a player, they'll find you. Right. The schools will find you for sure.
0: So How, so getting back to ETS, so like you, you come into ETS, you talked about how, why you came here and, and why it, you know, uh, why you were looking for something different, you're a little bored, uh, with what, what you've done in the past and how did coming to ETS, you know, meeting Ryan and, and doing what, what he does and buying into that, how did that change, you know, the, the end of your career and, and especially with, with where you were mentally and physically, um, how did that change? changed the end of your career.
2: And if it made it worse, don't, don't mention that <laughs> only positive stuff here, please. We want to get our listeners up.
0: All right. All right. I suppose. Um,
1: no, so here, here's how it went. I, I was bored and I was training and I thought I was training appropriately for a long time. Um, and, and I worked hard, like I put, I put effort in, um, and I didn't necessarily see results. I mean, I was, like, I was fit. I worked hard, you know, all that kind of stuff, but I, I didn't, I don't think that like on a performance level that I was, um, having the output that I that I probably deserved for the work I was putting in. Um, and then um, I walk into ETS, and right off the bat, Ryan runs me through an eval, and I remember this. I remember thinking, like, uh, an evaluation? You know, like, okay... I've been playing the NHL for a long time. Like I'm athletic. I can move. Let's work out. Um, And boom, I like, I don't, you guys, you don't give grades on the evals, but had you given one, (laughs) it would have been an F, right? Like zero mobility, shoulders terrible, um, you know, right right across the board. And it was like red flag, red flag, red flag, like carts. This is what we got to do to get you into a spot where you can perform. Um, And I was like, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. And then we put the work in and it, we're, we're, solidified as being beneficial and working was at training camp that year. So I was probably 34, uh, 34 years old. And there are guys that were 22, like right in their prime, you know, um, should be dominating the physical testing. Um, and I went out there and just blew it away. Boom. I was like atop the podium. I think actually the strength coach puts that up there, like the podium top three, um, and there was the old fart sitting up there on the top of it. And I was like, boom, ETS fellas, come on.
0: That was so. some good bragging rights in the locker room. Oh yeah, for sure. For <laughs> they sure. weren't here in the end of that one.
1: No. Yeah. Um, but, I,
2: but I think it's important to note too, like when you came into ETS, I remember this, like it was yesterday, although it was back when we didn't have a door and, you know, and windows <laughs> and stuff. Um, you could tell, and then we'll get into the athlete part, but you were an athlete. You could tell that you had trained differently performed you know you weren't just a hockey player growing up like it's kind of easy for me and i think adam you've been around long enough now no like you can tell when somebody plays multiple sports right where they have like the athleticism where okay this guy could probably pick up a basketball but this guy could play football this guy could you know we could tell that right away like you were an athlete and you had some pretty good strength reserves too so it wasn't like we had to rebuild you know a 75 chevy like it was just tweaking a few things you know fine-tuning things and getting you involved in our system so um, I think that was a huge component to why you're able to see the results you were, because you, you always been an athlete, right? Not that all hockey players aren't athletes, but I think you get what I'm saying. Um, so going back to like the multi-sport, like if you hadn't played multiple sports growing up, you know, I have know you talk about this all the time. Like if you credit every sport you played, how has helped you get to the NFL. Where do you think your hockey career would have went if you didn't grow up playing multiple sports? Oh, wow. Good question. Um, I don't know.
1: Uh, I, I say this too, like I didn't have like a family or somebody that was like driven to push me in certain spots. And that's actually a question I always wonder. Um, and, and this is less about probably about like the athleticism and more about like being focused and just learning and thinking and sifting through the minutia and the detail. Cause you, once you get to a certain level of sport, it, like it almost becomes like so much more mental and figuring out For how sure. you can find competitive advantage in these tiny little spaces. Right. Um, and had I started to figure that stuff out sooner, would I have been a better player or things like that? Um, but no, at the end of the day, I wouldn't change the way I did it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have tried a different path whatsoever. Um, you know, I think a lot of times too, on a, on a personal level, like there is sport and I was trying to be good at sport, but I think the other thing that served me being in all these different sports was um you learn how to be a uh like a a good person or a good teammate right. or uh, certain things i i've played with guys that only played hockey and it's crazy you can only talk hockey with them right. like you leave the rank and they're like huh 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 like they can they don't fit right sure. but um no so uh, i i think i for sure would have been a guy like that but um It's a good, that's a really good question. I don't have, I don't have a good answer for you. You know, like would I have scored more goals? Maybe. Would I have had as much fun? Maybe not.
0: Right. How about this? Um, Was there areas that you could see um, that you kind of had that that competitive advantage because you played other sports, because maybe you were a little bit more athletic from a a broad scale? Like those are things that helped your game in the NHL that, that came from other sports. Oh
1: yeah. There's no doubt. Um, Skating, balance, center balance, um, battle. I mean, actually, I watch hockey now. They're they're because the kids are so specialized, or, or they're skating, and and don't get me wrong, they're good. They are really good. They're skilled. Um, but I, I actually watched the the Wilds exhibition game last night, and the like the physicality doesn't even exist because I don't think that they know how to like battle each other. You know, like they just uh, the It's just everybody's kind of in their own lane. And then when those lanes cross, they're like, I don't don't know what to do. I don't know how to win this battle. I don't know how to engage in this. Right. And um, playing other sports like football and that, like you learn just by nature, center of gravity, angles, all that kind of stuff. Right. Where all of a sudden now you go out there and you understand space and how to take it away and maybe how to have a guy think he's got something on him when he doesn't. Right. And those are all little mental things that I think you pick up playing multiple
0: sports versus
1: just your own sport.
0: So, sure. so Ryan talked a little bit about, about how you were the enforcer in, in the NHL. So there's when, YouTube videos out there, <laughs> which oh. yeah, I've, I've seen them. Uh, <laughs> but my question is, is in, in college you were a goal scorer. Yeah. So where, where did it, you know, transition, you know, where were you like, okay, well this is what I have to do to make it. And then was there a, a point where you kind of got pigeonholed into that yes. being like, okay, this is who you are now.
1: Right. Yeah. The, yeah. hundred percent. So. Uh, I, I mean, and I got my opportunity. I, I'm not sure what came first, the chicken or the egg. So I, I scored in college, and um, I could score. I ran the power play. Uh, I was everything went through me, and that was fun. It was a blast. Um, but I, I still played hard, right? Like I still went to the net. I still did all that stuff. Um, and a, as um, like the NHL team started to come around, uh, I think that maybe they knew like, hey, he's gonna fit into a role like this. And I was older at the time and the prospects and they, they have all their development stuff. And um, I think they weren't like, okay, we're gonna spend a couple of years developing this guy's offensive game. We, we, we think he's already got enough for the role that we see for him. And that was like a third or fourth line guy, win face, hops battle hard, and maybe pitch in every once in a while. Um, but he can skate, he can battle, he can score, um, he can play at this level. Um, so I go to Anaheim and and I think that's kind of where it was at. And it was, it was kind of comical because I'd go out there and try to make plays and score goals and be like, Whoa, 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 stop that. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You don't, you don't need to do that. That's somebody else's job. This is your job now. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. and, and I remember, so uh, there there's many scenarios, but I remember one too. So Ryan Getzlaf, he was uh, like our top centerman, and the coach calls me into the office one day. Uh, me and uh, one or two other guys, and he just shows one clip of um, the Kings' center, Dustin Brown, running Ryan Getzlaf, just hit him, just checked him, um, and he's like, "That happened last game," and I was like, "Okay," and then I walk out of that room. I was like, "I think, I think that means he wants us to." to beat the wheels off this guy <laughs> so, without saying it. yeah so yeah exactly without saying it so sure enough that's what I did um and I think um eventually that's that's what that's what kept me around long enough um was having to make those decisions and understanding what was being said at certain times but um there's a uh I, again reflecting I don't see a ton of value in it but had I said no to those opportunities could I have gone back or ultimately i would have been back in into the american league right and to the minors and had i gone there and tried to score again could i have found a different path with a different organization maybe you know maybe it would have been hard i think but um i think you're right i had to make and i did make a cognitive choice like okay this is what i'll do
2: i'm fascinated with that i really am because being a competitor growing up and playing at the high level you did and, and scoring goals right and then getting to the nhl and then basically having your role kind of change right and Having to accept that, obviously, there's a lot more at stake in the NHL than if you're playing college, right? Like mm-hmm. financially to support you and your family the rest of your life, that type of thing. um I'm just fascinated with like, like what that process is to like really fully accept that. I think it's great because we have so many kids, right? That go from middle school to high school, and maybe their role changes on the football team or basketball team or soccer team or whatnot, and then the college, like it could change as well. And then in relation to, you know, Adam, like, you know, when you, I don't want to speak for you. Right. But you first made the 53, like your special teams player, right. Like in dominating on special teams, but I knowing you, I know you wanted to get to where you are now. Like, is there a, a difference you think between the two sports to where like you're identified as this and like, this is your role as opposed to like maybe more of an opportunity to develop that from like a football's perspective. Like I'm just,
0: it's fascinating. I, I, mean, I know you're
2: both competitors and like, you got to do what's best and what's going to prolong your career. You know, I just think it's different.
0: Yeah. I mean, you, you can touch on it, but, um, I'll say this about, about football. I think it's same thing happens, you know, guys get pigeonholed into, Oh, he's a special teams player. Right. And that's, that's who he's going to be. Um, <clears throat> I think I remember, um, going into must've been my fifth year, fourth, fourth or fifth year. And I remember going to that. year saying, if I don't show that I can play receiver and, and get an opportunity to play receiver, i will i will never get an opportunity again like i will be a special teams player the rest of my career and who knows how long it'll last um um so i know that it, it happens and it almost happened to me it was very close so um it, i don't know i don't know if you have any other stories other guys have Oh, work yeah. themselves out of that out of that pigeonhole or one way or the other right like they said hell
2: with that i'm gonna yeah. score goals and all of a sudden they're playing down a level yeah, right? Because they, they didn't make it maybe it, right? yeah yeah
1: yes um there are other examples for sure but when, when you compare the two sports i think it, it's entirely different just based on the developmental process right so hockey you draft at 18 but you likely aren't getting your hands on that guy for three to four years before he signs his deal right, right? so you're developing that player to be a certain thing and then management then has these assets that they've invested in, that they've drafted, and they want those players to be good. And they, they slide them into that spot, right? Sure. And whether that's a square peg in a round hole, they're going to make that thing fit, right? Because right. that looks good on them. Right. And sometimes that plays out. And sometimes you have like legit true opportunity where you're like, this guy's a first rounder um, and I was undrafted. I'm better and the coach doesn't care. Right. But that that almost never happens, right? right like right. there's other stuff at play and football is like uh, and I don't know but just from afar it's a what have you done for me right now kind of business. So if if at that moment you're better, um you'll play, right? Hockey's not necessarily like that, I don't think, because right. of that reason because you you draft and develop talent. You you don't uh, you know, you don't just sign it and play it if that makes sense.
2: Totally. It's
0: almost like they're both like a business oh that's right it's almost like it's a business almost yeah it's weird we'll get back to the interview in just a second but we wanted to take some time to thank our sponsors caribou coffee and Overeasy breakfast bars first of all for anybody who knows me knows that i love coffee and i have at least three to four cups a day and i've been a caribou drinker for as long as i can remember i can't get enough of their coffee when i'm heading to practice run around with kate and the kids i always pull up the caribou perks app Order ahead, and my order is waiting for me. Thanks again to Caribou Coffee for feeling the ETS podcast, and be sure to download Caribou Perks app today so that you can order ahead on your next visit. We'd also like to thank Overeasy Breakfast Bars, who help make my mornings even easier every day. If you haven't had an Overeasy bar yet, they're essentially like a high protein bowl of oatmeal in a bar. Super healthy ingredients like oats and egg whites, and definitely the best tasting bars I've had. They're perfect for busy mornings or a quick snack throughout the day. I seriously can't recommend them enough, and they're also a veteran-owned company, which we're big supporters of here. Head over to OvereasyFoods.com to order a few now and to try them yourself. Yeah, it's interesting hear, hearing you talk about that just because in the NFL, you, you know, they don't have that development process. They don't get to see them um, grow through. They don't get to draft them at 18 and then see them go through that, so... Um, usually, when they take a take a chance on someone, they draft a guy in the first round. They're gonna, like you said, they're gonna they're gonna push him into that role no matter what. Um, but at the same time, the NFL um, coaches' jobs are on the line every year. Yeah. You know, there's coaches that have, have coached for one year, head right. coach, and then get fired. Um, and so I think at the end of the day, yeah, they the the management, the GM, they want this first rounder no matter what. Even if he's not better, he's got to play. The head coach is like, well. I gotta play the best player because yeah. if I don't, I'm my job. I'm out. Right, and, and it doesn't even matter.
1: Right, and but that's why sometimes like there's that political stuff that does go on still, where the coach is gonna be like, all right, well, hmm. if I can make this GM's player look good, this coach, the, the GM's <laughs> gonna like me when I need to sign my new deal as the coach, right? Right. Yeah, and and I think that stuff happens for sure. But, oh yeah. I mean, in, in in hockey, I look at it this way: uh, if you're a first rounder, you're like a cat. You got nine lives, right? and there's usually 9 rounds in the draft or there used to be now there's 7 but if you're a 7th rounder you got one life like it almost flip flops sure so you have if you're a first rounder you're going to have 9 opportunities you can fail 8 times and then you're going to get your ninth chance and then maybe they turn the page on you 7th rounder you got one chance bud you better go out and play and make it otherwise they've turned that page and that goes further on down the line like so if you're undrafted good luck you know like you may not get a chance for sure you know so
0: i think that's why uh, a lot of times you see late round draft picks and i don't know how i was in the nhl but in the nfl i think you you see a lot of late round draft picks undrafted guys have a lot of success because they know they've been in that spot where like it was like well if i don't make a play here i'm gone right like i don't have a second chance right and so like they kind of have that mindset like moving forward right like it's always like that like hey like i gotta i gotta perform well now because if i if i don't like i'm gone right and so i think you see a lot of guys have long careers um and have a lot of success that that are those late round draft picks.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And I think coaches love those guys, right? Like they're they're the committed guys, mm-hmm. and they they end up being uh, in leadership roles. Again, I don't think that they're like the the poster boy where the C from eighteen or twenty, like some of the guys do. Right. But they're the they're the leader. They're they're the guy that in the room the coach wants leading. You know,
2: for sure. So so, Ron, let's take it back to. It ets can we talk about ets yeah, we should probably talk a, a little, a little about ETS. bit more um, <laughs> we
0: all are pretty passionate about ets but we do i love the oh this is great the the background the, the hockey talk it's good stuff
2: so you started training with us last few years of your career mm-hmm. right um now you've evolved into now you're a partner with us which is awesome like we you know we adam and i talk about all the time like we have to get to know people that um are as good a people better people than they are even an athlete to have them come and be a part in, and believe in what we believe in and expansion got to know you and your family and um, now you're a partner in ETS North Metro and ETS Mankato um, and both those facilities are doing fantastic and we're pumped to have you on board what was it about ETS um, other than like your own experience of, of maybe prolonging your career a little bit that wanted you to get involved with what we're doing and, you know, with what our mission is, is to keep growing and expanding and bringing this to different communities.
1: Well, I, I would say it's twofold. Like, uh, you're only as good as your word, right? So um, I, I try to put uh, myself in situations where I can I can trust people. And if I have something to say, that that they can trust it. You know, so um, the fact that I re- was, you know, returned results training at ETS, I mean, that's an endorsement in and of itself, right? And right. I saw, I believed it in myself. Easy for me to say, yeah, I mean, I, I... I believe in it. I, I've seen it. I've lived it. This works, right? So that was simple. That's the absolute no-brainer. Um, the next one, probably, and, and this is uh, this might get weird for a second, but it's for sure you um, where. You know, I I trusted you and we had a lot of conversations and you provided me opportunity when um, maybe you didn't necessarily have to. And um, I mean, when I was done playing an internship just to learn some business, to understand things that maybe I wouldn't have learned elsewhere. Um, So to get a chance to invest in one, a product that you believe works and two, people that you enjoy being around and and that you trust. And um, I mean, that's why I think in the end of the day, it's really a no brainer.
2: Awesome. That I mean, that 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 wraps it up right there. I mean, as far as you know, what we do, how we do it, you know, having that circle around you that believes in what you do and and shares the same values, like that's that's everything. And um, being able to grow the way we have grown now, up to seventeen locations with with just the, the best people, uh, makes it that much more rewarding for us too. So, um, going off that question for you is. You know, obviously you're, you know, a father of, of some, some beautiful children, right? Like we both also have kids, um, Adam and I, and, um, not together, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really weird. That could um, get weird. Yeah. But what advice would you have for like parents, right? That have young kids that are going through sports because we see it all the time of like, you know, mom and dad want it more for little Susie than Susie wants it for themselves, Like, how do you with being the ultra competitor that you are like hold back on making sure that it's right for your kids and not right for you?
1: Right. Um, I always say, um, to everybody, like be patient. And I think I'm a perfect example. I've got daughters that play hockey and everybody's like, what are you doing? Like, what, what are we signing up for? Let's go. We'll get a team together. Like, let's, let's create like this group and we're going to bring everybody together. I'm like, Oh, we'll do what they want to do. Right. You know, at the end of the day, I, I wholeheartedly believe um, and I think there's a fine, there's a gap there where nowadays kids specialize early and they become really good and yep. th- there maybe is the potential for burnout. Um, but my goal as a parent is to have my kid be somewhere in the middle, not so far behind where they can't catch up when, when that light switch goes off and they decide, I want it. I can't make my, I can't make my kids want it, right? right. Th- that's a decision that they internally have to make. Um, I can provide them the opportunity to be within range to be as good or as bad as they want the moment that that switch goes, if that makes sense. So um, my job as a parent is I say, be patient. I'm not pushing. It's their decision. I will say yes to the opportunities that they ask me for, um, but it's up to them to ask me for them. Like I can help guide, but I'm not pushing. Right. And um, it comes to a spot where they're going to be like, and I, I wholeheartedly believe this. At one point, they're going to look me in my eye. and They're going to say, "Dad, I want this." I'll be like, "It's yours. Let's go get it." Right. right. But until then, it's my job to to make sure that they don't fall so far behind that they can't catch up. But at the same time, not push to where I uh, we experience burnout. Um, the example I said the other day was we golf. Um, I want to be like you don't also don't have to be in a massive hurry. Nobody like nobody's playing in the NHL, and I've got daughters, so they're never playing in the NHL. But nobody's playing at sixteen. Chill out, right. right. You know, um, I say, okay, uh, grab a golf club. And then I'm just going to tell you, go ahead and hit this shot, hit as fast as you can. I don't care from the moment your hand touches that club to the moment that balls off the ground, do it as fast as you possibly can and check out the result and then grab that golf club again and say, take your time slow as you want, whatever you need, and then see the result. I would, I would gather that, uh, the majority of the time, whoever takes their time and does it appropriately gets the best result in the end. Um, and that's what I would say in terms of raising your children, uh, in ter- and, and being athletes is be patient and do what's right for your kid. Everybody else is different. There's not like a, a process where you're like, this is perfect. Let's all do it. You know, it's, it's different, but be patient.
0: Like there's time. A quick break for a thank you to our sponsor Overeasy. If you are still looking for that healthy snack to eat throughout the day or to give your kids something that they actually like, look no further than Overeasy Breakfast Bars. Healthy and made with simple ingredients. My kids love them, and I know they are starting their day with a nutritious snack. They are a staple here at ETS for our professional athletes and should be in your daily routine as well. That's so good. Um, last thing, I want you to wrap it up with this. So our athletes at ETS, all the locations, you know, hopefully they're listening to this what would you say to them as an athlete as a as a person as a kid what would you say to them for some advice of of how to approach their sport how to approach their life just some little tidbit of of what has helped you have success i mean 10 years in the nhl that's extremely impressive and um it doesn't just happen you know you don't just snap your fingers and say oh i played 10 years in the nhl
1: no yeah absolutely um there there are some other components of that 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 provided me opportunity that maybe um others didn't get, and those things are kind of intangible. You know, like you do those things, and I, I wholeheartedly believe in the physical side of it. Do your work, be good, and find that find that mental strength that you have, but at the same time, uh, be a good teammate. Um, try to help somebody else, you know, and, and think about it from a different perspective, and um, the uh, a rising tide raises all ships, right? So uh, yeah, you're competing with the people in your own locker room oftentimes, right? But if you can get more out of them, um, You'll get more out of yourself, and eventually you'll get to places. Um, I, I think I found a way to stay in the NHL locker room for a handful of years just because um, I spent some of my resource time and energy trying to help other people be better. Um, and uh, I, I think at the end of the day, again, in terms of being an athlete, you have to be a good person too because if you're if you're a selfish person um, you know, me kind of person. Yeah. You'll have some short-term success in sport. You you probably will. Um, but eventually that wears off and, uh, the good guys kind of get rewarded good gals too. Right. So, um, uh, be a good person, do things the right way, help somebody else out. It's a team sport. Um, always a weird dynamic when you're, you're competing against, and especially like minor hockey, like you're actually competing against your own teammates, right? Right. Um, but if if you can find it in yourself to make others better, um, you will rise to the top. For sure.
2: And that, that goes with life, right? I mean, that's just such great advice. I mean, that's something we tell our kids all the time too, is like when you go to school today, like make somebody feel feel good. Help right. somebody out, do something. Right? Right. For example, yesterday, you know, Brax I picked Brax up from school and... And he's, I'm, I'm starving and I'm really hungry. I'm like, why are you hungry? Why, You know, they have snack time. He's like, well, my friend Carter didn't bring his snack to school. So I gave him my snack so he could have mine. And I'm like, it's those little details, right? That, um, you know, you can tie that in with the development of kids in, in their personal life, but then also sport. Make your teammates better. It's not about you. It's about the team. And then when the team's better, you're going to be better. Right. It's so
0: much more rewarding in the end. So that's that's uh, that's uh perfect. Awesome. Good stuff. That was, we uh, really appreciate you Coming in and taking time, I, I I hope a lot of people listen to this because that, that was some good stuff. We uh we don't quite have a billion followers, but I think you raised our this followers. Is, yeah, this will bring it there. So so we appreciate it. All right, no,
1: yeah, no, uh, no problems at all. Uh, March to a billion. We should be there in a couple of days. Then if I think not so. There, Especially yeah. people like...
2: start YouTube and like Ryan Carter NHL brawls. Oh yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, this thing is going to go viral pretty quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just start the intro and <laughs> we just, just put, put that video song. right on yeah.
2: there. Oh. The worst part
1: is, I'm the bloodiest. Right? They're scraping the blood off the ice, and that's mine. That's is, the there worst any, part.
0: is there any clips on there that like of you getting punished pretty good? Or oh yeah. 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 yeah, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, there's a couple. That will definitely be on the intro. Bringing that up son of a no that was that was pre-ets though oh yeah that yeah. was actually yeah. if you look at the, the dates on it, it was pre. yeah
2: yeah yeah win some you lose some fellas you know <laughs> awesome thanks rhino for yeah. all that you do for ets and fun journey ahead yeah thank you guys let's go boom let's go let's go Thanks for listening to The ETS Podcast. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at HQ and visit our website at ETSPerformance.com for more information on ETS and how we can help you become a better athlete and a more elite individual.